Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy Collins, the host of Theana Money. I'd already recorded a different episode to drop today, but with everything going on right now, I thought this was a necessary topic to address and address as soon as possible, not wait a week or two until after the episodes I was already working on or had already recorded had released. And this just came to me the morning, the day before this episode is dropping, listening to an AD Robles video that I really need to talk about this. So since I already recorded the episode that was going to drop today, but instead is dropping a week from now, there are some statements about last week's episode that will actually be the episode two weeks prior to when that one drops. So if you listen to next week's episode and get confused, that's why. If you are listening in the future and already listened to next week's episode, then you're coming back here to say the things I referred to in the previous episode. Well, you actually need to go to the previous episode before this one because of this whole thing here. I'm not going to re-record an entire podcast episode just to say two weeks ago instead of last week. That is not an effective use of time. So the topic I want to address this week is everything going on in the world right now. We have the situation with Russia and Ukraine and their leaders, Putin and Zelensky. We have China and everything they're doing, from genocide to severe persecution of Christians to a possible hostile takeover of Taiwan. North Korea is still a threat, and I heard recently that they now have hypersonic nuclear missiles. And I doubt they have the technology to advance that quickly on their own, so they likely have an ally to have achieved that level of weaponry so quickly. And don't forget how insane Australia has been the last two years. But good news, you should soon be able to send your friends in Australia their Christmas cards from the last two years because... They are finally slowing down the hold on much of their international mail. And just when we thought that Australia was getting crazy, Canada decided to start trampling their own citizens with horses, and Big Eva seems to refuse to acknowledge that this even happened. Many of them, the same Big Eva, that are falling all over themselves to praise Zelensky right now. Never mind all the extremely questionable things he's done, both before and as the president of Ukraine, and extremely questionable is putting it as nicely and as PG as I can. We also have all the stuff in the U.S. right now. Inflation, unrest, the media and government more and more resembling 1984 and this perfect day with each passing day. And by the way, those are both good books to Help you see a bit of what's going on these days, but be advised before you read them because they are quite graphic. With all of that going on, I decided 
to last minute change this week's podcast episode to address it all and hopefully give you some hope after all of the depressing things going on right now that I've already mentioned and the things that I will talk about later in this episode. But before we jump into all that, I want to ask you all to subscribe to the podcast feed, tell your friends about Theana Money, and check out Cruciform Media on YouTube because Theana Money is part of Cruciform and the Fill the Earth Network. So we see a lot of potential dark things in the future right now. That doesn't mean Postmill is wrong, and while I'm not diving into an apologetic for Postmill and difficult times in this episode, I did talk about that in an episode that dropped a couple months ago titled Postmill When the World is Collapsing. It has been one of the most popular episodes I've dropped so far, but if you didn't catch it or if you want a refresher to prepare for some arguments that might be coming from our brothers and sisters in Christ with other views on eschatology, then you should go listen to that one. Anyways, the future is not looking great right now. There are all of those things I mentioned a couple minutes ago, plus all kinds of other things happening in the world. It can be depressing to think about it, and that's why I want to talk about it here. Instead of avoiding thinking about these things because of how hard and sad it all is, we should tackle them head on, come up with battle plans, and most importantly, remember God and what he is doing in the world throughout all of it. So the near future looks like it might be dark and painful. Jab passport cards. You know what I'm talking about there. I just don't want the auto money taken off of podcast catchers. They're looking more and more like they could really happen. We're already seeing that or something close to it in some small areas, and it might only be a matter of time before it is done on a large scale. If Australia is not already doing this, they might try it soon. Since what they did and are still doing in response to COVID seems worse than even New York City or California. Bank accounts being frozen for going against government approved narratives is also starting to seem like a real possibility. And if you think I'm being a conspiracy theorist about all this, I have good reason to suspect these things because they are already starting to happen. Justin Trudeau, whom some have referred to as Castro's son because he's acting like it, more or less took dictatorial power for himself in response to the trucker convoy. Apparently bouncy houses and barbecues and pastors doing open-air preaching to the truckers, hoping some of those truckers will turn to faith in Christ. Apparently all of that And all of these people who showed up to those protests was just too much for Trudeau, so he had to respond in an extreme fashion. Many who were involved in the trucker convoy or who financially supported it were fired and or saw their personal bank accounts frozen. And Archer Pulowski was arrested for what seems like the millionth time. He's starting to seem like the Wang Yi of Canada, in my opinion. And let's not forget how many financial institutions and other international organizations are canceling their services in Russia right now and or freezing Russian accounts so they can't access their money. Think this will stop after the conflict with Russia and Ukraine is over and never come up again? Some are already calling conservative Christians domestic terrorists, 
Wait until they say that all terrorists should have their bank accounts frozen and they define terrorists as anyone who doesn't use someone's preferred pronouns or anyone who thinks critical theory is bad or anyone who's against abortion. Or what about when they start fining and arresting anyone who is against gay mirage? Think that can't happen? Remember Bill C-4 in Canada that was passed and went into law about two months ago that literally does just that? If you so much as evangelize a sodomite or transgender person in Canada and mention that the gospel means denying oneself and turning from sin, you can spend years in prison and get thousands of dollars in fines. Think that can't happen here? A similar bill was up for a vote in West Lafayette, Indiana, and failed shortly after Bill C-4 went into effect in Canada. I was happy to hear that it failed, especially with some connections that I have with Faith Church, but don't think that they won't try to pass a similar bill again in that city or other cities or other states or even at the federal level or in other countries besides the U.S. And going back to Russia, can we all agree that we really aren't sure what is happening right now with Russia and Ukraine and all the motivations for it? But that whatever the media is telling us is probably not 100% accurate? This is the same media that lied to us about COVID. The same media that told us that medicine that would have saved people's lives was bad for us and we shouldn't take it. The same media that praised former Governor Cuomo's work to supposedly fight COVID as he killed the elderly. Do we really trust the media on this? I don't like what is actually happening just as much, or rather just as little, as you do. But I can tell you that the narrative that Zelensky is a hero and Ukraine is righteous and that Putin and Russia are evil is not accurate. This isn't the oppressors versus the oppressed with Russia and Ukraine right now. Both of these nations and their leaders have serious, serious flaws and deep corruption. People in all the major political aisles seemed okay with talking about how Ukraine was one of the most corrupt nations in Europe until like a couple months ago. That situation will cost U.S. citizens money in rising prices. It could possibly cause a war that will involve more than just Ukraine and Russia. And we could push Russia into more partnerships with China if we continue to try to punish them economically, which wouldn't be good for anyone. There seems to be no good options with Ukraine and Russia right now. Only bad, worse, and even worse than that options. And all of that is not to mention that late next year we will probably see COVID-23 break out and it'll be some sort of national crisis in 2024. So in the near future, we have the possibility, if not the likelihood, of inflation continuing, if not speeding up, more taxes, if nothing else, more property taxes, because inflation also means your house is worth more than it used to be, more shortages of food and maybe toilet paper in grocery stores, possible wars, more government overreach, and the continued progression of the Great Reset. Despite all of that, we shouldn't be depressed. We should not question God or give into despair. Giving into despair is not a Christian response. Dare I say, it is a sinful response. Or at least if we stay there 
and don't go to God in that time and come out of it like we see various psalmists do. If we don't do that, then I think it is safe to say that, that is a sinful response. I want to spend the next bit going over how we can prepare for those things. But before we jump into all of that, I want to give you some encouragement. The gospel will continue to go forth, and I'm still post-mail. So the potentially dark future will not last, but it's on a time limit. Perhaps the gospel has gone forth so much already that the dark days can be held back much more than they otherwise would have been. In other words, perhaps what I think is about to happen will not be as bad, will not reach as far, and will not last as long as it would if Christianity was not so widespread as it is right now. Christianity may even have such a foothold on the world stage right now that these things will not even fully come to pass, but only partially, only in some nations and not all of them. How does Christianity accomplish that? By resisting statism, by resisting sin being accepted in the culture, and by pushing the spheres of sovereignty and theonomy. And most importantly, by preaching the gospel and watching the Holy Spirit change hearts and lives. One last thing before we continue on. Don't wonder why God decided to have you be a believer in such a difficult time instead of an easier one. Rather, thank him for allowing you to be one of his unworthy slaves in a time where you really get to show your loyalty to him and fight the good fight in a manner that believers who only live in good and peaceful times will never be able to do. Okay, so how can we prepare for what may be about to come? And each month looks more and more certain and less and less like a conspiracy theory. First and foremost, there is the most important preparation we can do for all this. What is that? Trust in God. Grow in your faith. Practice spiritual disciplines. If these difficult times come to pass, they will cause you to rely on God like you never have before. But the more groundwork you have done in your heart before the times get tough, the easier those difficult times will be. If we have God, we have all we need. If we have God and Christ's righteousness through the gospel, but we don't have food, we still have everything we need. We just get to be with God a little bit faster than otherwise. So while you do these other things on the list, put yourself in some spiritual boot camp to grow in your faith, because that will get you through the days that might lie ahead in a way that nothing else ever will. Read scripture. Pray. Pray until you can pray, and then pray until you have prayed. Seek God in prayer. Memorize scripture. I think many nations today have realized that gulags aren't the best ways to go about things. Digital IDs and social credit scores like what China has works much better. But in case something like a gulag happens, even if you don't have a physical Bible, you still have whatever you have memorized. So read and memorize scripture. Pray. If you are a husband and father, lead your family in family worship. Sing psalms and hymns. Memorize some of those. That way you have something to sing praises to God with in prison if you are ever arrested. 
Learn passages that you can use to practice self-counsel for different situations that might arise. One such passage, one that you can start using for self-counsel now to prepare you for difficult situations in the future, uh, this is one I learned from a biblical counseling class when I was in college and how to apply it in this manner, it comes from Jeremiah chapter 12. We're looking at verse 5 here. In the Legacy Standard Bible, it reads, If you have run with footmen and they have tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? If you fall down in a land of peace, then what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? And so what we see here are three different categories of trials. If you can't contend with foot soldiers, then what are you going to do when the soldiers on horseback start fighting you? And if you can't contend with the soldiers on horseback, what are you going to do when you have the thicket of the Jordan, or some translations say the swelling of the Jordan? Basically what that means is, if a little tiny difficulty just really gets you and you have no idea what to do, um, I don't know, this could be something almost minute, like when you go to the grocery store, the lines are really long, something inconsequential. It could mean something with a little bit of consequence, but not too much. Maybe uh, because of a train, you're late to work and uh, your boss is upset with you. So that would be like the footman, like something not very bad at all. And then the horseman can be something pretty serious, but not like life-changing, like uh, something breaks in your house that's pretty expensive to fix, but you're able to finance it over a year or two and you're good. And then the thicket of the Jordan, that's like the cancer diagnosis. That's like you get thrown in prison for being a Christian because America just went into some sort of atheist version of Sharia law. That's like the thicket of the Jordan there. And so this is just such a great counseling passage to remind yourself of when something kind of small happens and you're just super flustered over it and frustrated. You can just say, like, I'm being stupid. Why am I getting so upset over a footman? What am I going to do when something actually big comes around? And um, that's just something good. Now, you can play devil's advocate with that and say, okay, well, then when something really big happens, you can say, well, I get to complain now because it's the big thing. No, like, that's not what the passage is saying. Trust in God through all of it. This passage is more about when little small things happen, remember their little small things and use them to strengthen your spiritual muscles because if you can't handle a little small thing, what will happen when something big comes around? If you can't handle people making fun of you for being a Christian, what are you going to do when the government is persecuting you for being one? Also, a good hymn to begin singing and maybe memorize, one that I really like, is What Air My God Ordains Is Right. It's a great song of praise to God, submission to his sovereignty, and of counsel to ourselves and those around us to trust in God. So that was the most important and most practical thing you can do to prepare for the uncertain and possibly dark times ahead. But what are some others? First, after having strong faith in God is food and water. You can't last long without both of those. You can buy rice, dried noodles, and canned or jarred foods that are good for several years. Great Northern Soup Beans is a favorite of mine as far as foods in that category goes. And maybe that's because of my southern grandparents. You know, beans and cornbread. You can never go wrong with soup, beans, and cornbread. 
some vitamins and dried fruits and vegetable powders can also be good for a while and would help you not become deficient in nutrients should you have to rely on a stockpile of food. I like uh, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. I learned about it from Matt Williams when he was still doing his How to Build a Tent podcast a while back. Uh, if you like Matt Williams, I actually did an episode with him last year. You can check it out. I'm pretty sure it's just literally called Interview with Matt Williams, and we talk about all kinds of great stuff there. You can also freeze food, especially if you have a deep freeze. Bread freeze as well. Just throw a paper towel in the bag. That way, when the bread defrosts, if there's any moisture in the bag that froze, it doesn't get the bread all soggy. The paper towel absorbs it. Having a three-month or more supply of food for your family is a good idea in uncertain times like the ones we are living in right now or will be living in soon. You may also want to keep some of that food in places that are not easily accessible or noticeable, such as in airtight and watertight containers in your crawl space if your house has a crawl space. Because in 2020, some people were calling for government officials to go from house to house and make sure people were not stockpiling food. And as important as food is, water is more important since you can live longer without food than you can without water. If nothing else, having some sealed jugs of water would be good. But stored water can only last you so long before you go through it all. I recommend the Berkey water filter. Not only will it give you about the best filtered water you can find right now, you can literally put creek water in that thing and it comes out safe to drink. If the water got shut off, you can put five gallon buckets at the base of each of your downspouts on your gutters when it rains and then use those to refill it. Some states, for whatever weird government overreach tyrannical reason, actually make collecting rain illegal. So hopefully you wouldn't get in trouble for doing that. But the one I live in doesn't, so I'm free to do this. It actually might be healthier to do this because the lightning ionizes the water in the clouds. So you're actually getting ionized water and everyone's going crazy about ionized water these days. Also having a source of fire and fuel for that fire is good if gas and electricity are cut off and you need to boil water or uh, also to cook food. If you're on city water and don't have a well, you are in a more difficult situation should something happen. If you are on well water or used to be on well water and can easily switch back over, you're in a better place. But if electricity goes out, you, you're still stuck. Having your well pump and pressure tank not be hardwired into the house so you can plug it into a generator is important. I plan to pull mine off of being wired directly into the house and putting a receptacle there for that very reason. If you are in a well, knowing how far down the water table is and having a hose long enough to reach that could also be helpful. If you have plans for food and water should something arise, self-defense is the next thing you should worry about. Do you have a firearm? If you can legally do this in your state, do you have a firearm that was um, tragically lost in a boating accident? Do you have a fair amount of ammunition for your firearm? I know it's expensive right now, but if you don't have a firearm or ammunition for the one you do have, if you can afford it, you should consider it. As expensive as it might be right now, 
you might regret it later if you could have afforded it and you decided to wait and see if the prices drop. And also make sure you know how to use that firearm, please. If you have a firearm, then a similar piece of protection is body armor. AR-500 Armor is a supporter of our friends at CrossPolitik, and they have some good products. Plus, I hear the owner is a Presbyterian pastor. In fact, uh, actually, just before I started recording this, all they have a sale going on right now that was even better than the really good sale I got a while back. So I was very tempted to buy a second set. I was like, no, I shouldn't as much as I want to. And, you know, unless you're really good, you might not be able to drop a guy before he gets at least one shot off. That, or for when you do not have your firearm on you, is when body armor can come especially in handy. Physical fitness is also important. First, we should take care of the bodies God has given us. And if you are a man, then there are a lot of physical benefits to staying in shape, working out, and even learning martial arts because God made us that way. But being in shape and knowing how to break out of holds and how to fight is important, especially if for whatever reason a situation turns to hand-to-hand combat instead of combat with firearms. Know how to fight with your hands and with your knives and with your legs. I love kicks. Kicks are really fun. Me and some friends used to just hold shields for each other and try to kick each other as hard as we can. Also, don't do this. Learn from my mistakes. Don't try to kick an arrow target as hard as you can. They have wood around the edges of them and you will possibly make your ankle start bleeding. But it's okay as long as you're laughing after you do that, right? I think so. Uh, So when it comes to martial arts, I'm a bit partial to Tang Soo Do and Wing Chun, but there are a lot of good martial arts out there. Just make sure you're actually learning good martial arts and not some guy that's just trying to rip you off by teaching you bad martial arts and charging a lot for it. As far as investments goes with all of this, that can be tricky. Investments could blow up for the negative or they could not be that bad. A lot of that probably rests on whatever happens between the U.S. and Russia and between the U.S. and China in the next few years. I'm not a financial advisor, so don't listen to me on investments. Even actual financial advisors can't predict the future, let alone someone like myself, and especially when the future is as uncertain as it is right now. However, I do believe it was Milton Friedman who said that high inflation calls for high spending. That is, when the cost of things are going up, buy things that will hold their value and not spoil quickly or otherwise diminish in value. Things such as precious metals might not yield a good return, but they do tend to hold their value. Or as Jason Stapleton says, land is a good hedge against inflation because God isn't creating more of it. And since he's not a believer, I think that has even more meaning when we say it. If some crazy collapse were to ever happen, bartering for necessities for survival might be more common than buying and selling with money, depending on the severity of it. And one last note, I'm still post-mill despite all of this. In fact, that's what the episode that was going to drop today, but is instead dropping next week, is all about. So stay tuned for it if you want an explanation of post-mill and how it relates to theonomy and to money and finance and economics. In summary of this week's episode, the future looks very uncertain right now. 
Maybe all of this worrying is for nothing, but I have no confidence in that at the moment. Christian influence in the world should keep things from getting as bad as they otherwise could get, but we should still take proper precautions to protect ourselves, and more importantly, to protect our wives and children if worse comes to worse. That was this week's episode of Theonomony. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Say